I've been through some terrible things in my life, some of which have actually happened. Mark Twain. Welcome to Retirement Mentorship, your mentor to and through retirement. I am your host, Ruben Lindy, Certified Financial Planner. Today, we cover the fourth and final part in the Life Insurance Lies mini-series, and we'll cover three more life insurance myths that are used to sell life insurance to people and debunk why they're actually not true. That's coming up on the Retirement Mentorship Podcast. First, the two men tune in, the primary points of the podcast in the first two minutes. We'll be covering three life insurance myths today. The first is that most life insurance agents are good people and can be trusted. This is undoubtedly true. Most are good people. Most sincerely believe what they are selling. But they are so stuck in the Kool-Aid, so engrossed in the culture of selling life insurance that they may not know the difference. They also may not have the comprehensive training that is necessary to see the better alternative options out there. Plus, it's their job. It's easy to believe that what you're doing is good when you must do it for work. Number two, you should buy permanent life insurance while you're young. It's cheap while you're young, and so you should protect your long-term life insurance insurability and build a nice permanent policy while it is inexpensive. But buying it when you're young is the worst time to buy it. You have a very long-term horizon when you're young, and you will be wasting that on the low returns of a permanent life insurance policy. This is the worst time to buy permanent life insurance. And number three, you should buy permanent life insurance to protect your insurability. This myth is often used to convince people to buy permanent life insurance for their children to protect their insurability. Look, if you're an adult with no dependents and you want to protect your insurability with some term life insurance, go for it. But the permanent life insurance policies sold to protect insurability only protect your ability to buy more permanent life insurance, which is still garbage. Plus, there are other ways to get actual life insurance coverage that you need, even if you are technically uninsurable. We'll cover all that and more on today's episode of the Retirement Trip Podcast. Let's dive right into the last three of the life insurance lies. Number one, most life insurance agents are good people and can be trusted. Now, I think I've made it pretty clear throughout these episodes that what I am taking issue with is the strategies used to sell life insurance, not the people themselves. But I want to make it clear that I do not believe that most life insurance agents are bad people. Sure, you're going to have those bad apples, the bad actors that know that what they're selling is garbage and sell it anyways. They're motivated by the money, by the commissions, and perhaps by a culture that celebrates people who make lots of sales. But they know that they're selling policies to people that don't need it or selling more than people need and they do it anyways now there's no way to prove one way or another what the motives are of people who sell life insurance but i believe that most of them are not these types of people the bad actors are few and far in between most life insurance agents i believe are good people they are trying to do what they think is best Most sincerely believe in what they're selling. They think it's a great product with great features and solves a large problem. They're not trying to take advantage of anyone or mislead people. Many of them own it themselves and are proud of it. They truly believe that what they're doing is right for people. 
But just because people are good people doesn't mean you should buy what they're selling. This is not a reason to purchase something that will give you inferior returns and strategies to many of the other financial planning strategies that are out there. Even though they're good people, I think what most life insurance agents have going against them are two things. One, the Kool-Aid. There is a lot of Kool-Aid sipping going on in life insurance companies. Life insurance companies spend a lot of money on internal marketing and marketing to their own agents. Lots of programs and trainings and conferences and speeches and rah-rah meetings and emotional excitement goes into the selling of life insurance. Testimonials in these companies abound of the rare circumstances where permanent life insurance ended up being exactly what someone needed. Selling life insurance is encouraged and celebrated throughout the company from top to bottom. And it's not always about the premiums or the commissions. Often, in a lot of these companies, the culture is around how much protection they've placed on people, not how much commission they've earned. They're trying to spin the sales culture into a positive sales culture, solving people's problems, not earning a lot of money. Earning a lot of money just happens to be a side gig of solving these problems. There is a lot of time and money and energy going into convincing life insurance agents that what they're doing is the absolute best for the people that they meet with and sell to. That's a lot of influence to overcome. So these people sincerely believe that what they're selling is the greatest thing since sliced bread. They bought it for themselves. They bought it for their spouse. They bought it for their children. They've sold it to their parents and siblings and friends and coworkers and everyone they can convince to buy it. They really believe that they are doing good work in the world. You probably can trust their intentions. But that does not mean that what they're selling is ultimately good for you. And that brings up number two, is that they don't always have the comprehensive training to compare it with other options. Obviously, there are some companies where they get no additional training at all. Insurance-only companies, where all they offer is insurance, of course, do not have the full understanding of the investment world and the other alternatives out there in financial planning. They work for an insurance-only company, and they sell insurance. It's what they do. But then you also have these other quote-unquote advisors, people who work for insurance companies that also do investments and maybe even financial planning. They claim to have the comprehensive training and all that is necessary to make a comprehensive financial plan and still believe that life insurance, permanent life insurance, is best for all people in all situations. But do they really? Can they honestly say that the amount of training they've had on the equity markets, on estate planning, on tax planning, is equal to the amount of training that they've had on life insurance? No, it is not. The amount of training and the amount of encouragement that they get to sell life insurance far outweighs training on any other subject. If they want training on something else, they need to go pursue it. And that's hard to want to do when, again, you have sales quotas and minimums that you need to make just to keep your job. The system is not set up to encourage agents to want to go out and pursue other financial strategies. 
It is built to keep them sheltered in a bubble and believing that permanent life insurance is the best thing for all people in all situations. So yes, most life insurance are good people, and you can probably trust their intentions. But that does not mean that what they're selling is right for you in your situation. It is certainly not a reason in and of itself to buy permanent life insurance. Myth number two, you should buy permanent life insurance while you're young. The reason goes that is because it is cheap. All life insurance costs are based on two things, your age and your health. The closer you are to dying from a statistical point of view, the more expensive it will be. And so the older you are, the closer you are to a natural death. Since death comes for us all, we know that someone who is 80 is more likely to die than someone who is 20. And even someone who is 40 is more likely to die than someone who is 30. There are just less years ahead for older people than there are for younger people. The other element is health. If you are perfectly healthy, you will get a cheaper cost than if you have other health issues. The more you age, typically other health issues come along with that. So not only do you have the youth component of being young, you are also often the healthiest when you are young than when you are old. So the reason goes that when you are young, you should buy a permanent life insurance policy because the premiums will be very cheap and you can have a nice permanent death benefit and all the trimmings of permanent life insurance along the way. The problem is, is that when you are young, this is also when you have the longest time horizon, the greatest amount of time for the magical compounding effect of equity returns. And so buying something that is in the very longest term, over four or five decades, is going to get you a 3 to 5% rate of return instead of buying something that will be getting you 8, 9, or 10% over that same amount of time is a bad idea. You will end up with millions of dollars less. doesn't matter if you have a tax-free death benefit if the amount of money you could have in freaking cash is more than that. We covered that in an earlier episode. Buying permanent life insurance when you're young is the worst time to buy permanent life insurance. In fact, in next week's episode where we cover the very limited times of when to buy it, we'll actually go into why it might make sense to buy it when you are older, in your 50s or 60s, but certainly, certainly not when you are younger, in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. And so no, you should not buy permanent life insurance when you're young. Invest in the magical compounding of equity returns. Get a real financial plan, a real investment plan, and you will see the difference between that and a product. Planning always beats products. So no, do not buy permanent life insurance when you're young. Get a real plan instead. Number three, you should buy permanent life insurance to protect your insurability. The thought goes that because your ability to buy life insurance is based on your age and your health. Something may happen to you in the future that makes you uninsurable. Yes, you're healthy now. Yes, your kids are healthy now, and you could get insurance, but something could change. You could get cancer. You could get some other disease. You could be in an accident that makes it so that even though you're alive, you cannot get life insurance later. Insurance companies just won't take you. So you should protect that insurability by getting a policy now and or 
a guaranteed rider that will guarantee your ability to buy insurance later, no matter what your health is. Yes, you'll have to buy it at whatever age you're at, but at least the health won't matter. You can guarantee your ability to buy insurance in the future, even if other things would make you uninsurable. This line of reasoning is most often used to convince parents to buy policies on their kids, but let's quickly cover when it is used on adults. Now, we teach that you should get term life insurance when you have people depending on your income. If something happens to you, then you need that money there to take care of those people. But you will also have a period in your life when you are an adult but don't have any dependents. Perhaps 18 to mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, whenever you finally get married and or have kids. And sometimes people in this situation are sold life insurance, and this is one of the reasons that they're told to do it. Something could happen, and you're going to need this insurance, and so you should buy it now while you are insurable to protect your insurability. Look, if you want to buy term as an adult with no dependents to protect your insurability, go for it. If you think you might be getting married within the next 10 years and then having kids, you could certainly buy a 30-year term life insurance if you want to, and then that would cover you getting married and having kids and mostly getting those kids out of the house. So even if something happened to you, you would always have that insurance. I probably wouldn't do it, but you could if you're very concerned about your future insurability. But I would do that with term. Again, buying permanent life insurance when you're young is the worst time to do it. Buy term, which is cheap, and gets you the full amount that you need, and then move on with your life. But let's look at it with kids, because this is often used to sell permanent life insurance on your kids. Look, parents, get some permanent life insurance. That way, if the worst thing imaginable happens, you'll have money there to, to bury your child and to grieve and to take time off work and all of that. And more than that, though, you will be guaranteeing their ability to buy insurance later on. So even if something happens when they're a kid, they will always be able to get it in the future. And this line of reasoning and much better sales lines than those are used all the time uh, to put policies on kids. And this makes a lot of sense for the insurance companies because even though they don't make a ton of money off these small policies, they know that when people eventually get older, they can uh, buy larger policies and they're much more likely to buy those policies from the company they've already had life insurance from. So it's kind of a small sale now and for the company guaranteeing a future large sale uh, later on. And if they can get people believing that permanent life insurance is the best thing since sliced bread from day one, then they'll continue in that belief later on. I would recommend against this. I don't do permanent life insurance policies for kids, and here's why. One, buying permanent life insurance policies with a guarantee to protect your insurability only guarantees your ability to buy more permanent life insurance. There's no way to guarantee your ability to buy a 20-year level term in the future. You can only guarantee your ability to add more expensive, low-return permanent life insurance. The purpose of life insurance is to pay out a large amount of money if something happens to you to cover your dependents. And having a small $25,000 permanent life insurance that then guarantees your ability to add more permanent life insurance in $50,000 increments that may or may not cap out at two hundred dollars to $250,000 is not going to be enough insurance to do that. 
When you have dependents, you're going to need more than the amount of permanent life insurance these products guarantee, and you will be paying a lot of money for those guarantees. There are other ways to get life insurance later, and so guaranteeing your ability to buy a terrible product in the future is not a good way to guarantee that. The likelihood of actually needing this is very low. The likelihood of something happening to your child that makes them uninsurable is just astronomically low. If you're going to be spending thousands of dollars over 20 years to ensure their insurability, there are probably other things that you should insure against first before doing that. Plus, there will always be other options. If you can work, you can get group life insurance. And sometimes you can even convert that later if this were to actually happen. The fact that it most likely will not happen means that you've paid a lot of money for a policy that they will never use. If they're smart, they would drop that when they become an adult and get the right amount of term insurance, which means that you've spent a lot of extra money on a policy that didn't do anything. And if the worst case happens and they do become uninsurable, I have friends who are uninsurable, they have other options. Again, group life insurance can often get people into the hundreds of thousands of dollars of coverage with no underwriting. That means that they can get the same or more than the guaranteed amount of permanent life insurance they could get in a very expensive way in a very cheap group policy. If they really need to, they can often convert some of that group into personal permanent policies, which again, you would have to uh, know that situation to see if that would be worth it, but then go on and get additional group life insurance at their next job, and they can continue to add on and get the insurance that they need. But that's all in the very low probability that they need this strategy in the first place. The vast majority of people are still insurable when they need to get life insurance. And when that happens, they can get the right amount of 20-year level term insurance and not have to put a whole bunch of money into a permanent life insurance policy. Let's do one more quick bonus myth. There's another one that goes that you should buy permanent life insurance for the long-term care access rider. These are riders that you can put on permanent life insurance policies that allows you to access the death benefit early if you have a long-term insurance need. Now, we're going to cover next week how this may be a good option, but what I first want to do is cover the myth that you should do this while you're younger. Long-term care options on permanent life insurance policies may make sense for people 50 plus. Where they do not make sense is for people who are younger. We're going to pair this with the myth that you should buy permanent life insurance while you're young. If you are in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, or maybe even early 50s, Putting money into a policy over years or decades just for the long-term care rider is a bad use of money. There are better ways to get your long-term care needs covered than to put money for decades into a low-return product like permanent life insurance. So no, do not buy permanent life insurance just for the long-term care access rider if you are young. We'll cover next week how that may make sense when you are older. That's it for this week. Like I said, next week we'll be covering the few times when it may make sense to buy permanent life insurance and the circumstances that you will want to be in to even consider it. And then the week after that, we'll cover how to calculate how much term insurance you need for your family. And then we will be done with 
life insurance as a mini-series. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is educational only and is not intended to be investment, legal, or tax advice or recommendations, whether direct or incidental. Again, this is not investment advice. Consult your financial, tax, and legal professionals for specific advice related to your specific situation. Never take investment advice from someone who doesn't know you and your specific situation. All opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the speakers expressing them. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Retirement mentorship is not affiliated with or controlled by any registered investment advisor, broker-dealer, or other financial services company.